Hello, everyone, and welcome to Happiness Through Hardship, the podcast. I'm Karen Sullivan, the founder of Pretty Wellness, a two-time breast cancer survivor thriving with stage four disease, and author of the book that shares the same name of this podcast, Happiness Through Hardship. I'm also a girl who wishes on pennies. I try to see the good in everything, even when life is not so great. But sometimes it just takes a little more. And this podcast will provide you with what worked well for me, success stories of people that have been through hard times, and simple suggestions that brought hope, resources, and connections. I hope you've been able to catch our recent episodes, including Kimberly Sparks sharing her experience with caregiving for a parent with ALS, or the episode with Jenna Jacobs McPartland, who shares her story about love, loss, and how she moved forward after her husband passed away in 9-11. If you've liked these episodes or others, please tell your friends, and do me a favor, rate, review, and subscribe. Your efforts will truly help this podcast get ranked higher and thus get noticed. And now, for this episode, I am excited to introduce you to Laura McCarthy, a corporate communications exec on entrepreneur. She is a power woman with a heart and a big smile. She highlights her story about being a single mom and reflects on what she might do differently now. Through the years, though, she's found tools to be present, even when times were tough. Her insights are helpful whether you're single momming, married, or living a stressful life. She is so smart, stylish, and full of supportive ideas. So please grab your favorite drink, get cozy, and let's get started. Hello, everyone. I am so excited to be here today with Laura McCarthy. She is the owner of My Styled Life. Laura spent nearly 30 years in a high-powered corporate career, largely in communications and media. She worked for big brands, a big university, and agencies that had big clients. She's also known for being a power woman with a heart. Whether it was her community work or lending an ear to a young and upcoming employee, like me. I met Laura at my first internship interview. And you could tell then what I know now that this woman had the intangibles. Yes, she is smart. Yes, she is dynamic. Yes, she is resourceful and kind. And putting that all together made her not only a superstar in her career, but also in so much of her personal life. And she did most of this while being a single mom. I am thrilled to introduce you to Laura McCarthy. Hi, Laura. Hi, my friend. You're way too nice. Way oh, too nice. Stop oh my it. gosh, I'm just blushing oh, over stop, here. Stop it, tears it. welling up. You, oh. you are. I'm so excited that you're here to share your story. Mm. Uh, I, you know, I've known you for. I mean, do we tell everybody how long we've known each other? I know, we've known each other I for know. many do decades. We, yes, we don't. Do we want to age ourselves? I, I don't know, know, but um, but we still look so young, right? We still look. We so young. do. We and, do. And I, I just, it, it's amazing. Like I said about the intangibles, you welcomed me to my very yeah. first interview yeah. with a big huge mm-hmm. smile yeah, yeah. And I do smile a lot you do and smile. you know what but your energy was right back at me like that and I knew within the first 30 seconds meeting you and that's how it is with people like you 
you know, I knew you would fit in. I knew you would be successful and I knew we'd work well together. So I made that, I made a very good decision. (laughs) Well, thank you very much. And here we are, you know, two years later, you know, more than that, you know, times many, but it it is interesting about, about the fit. You know, we talked about that, I think years ago and looking for jobs. And I think even more so now with people, whether they're working in corporate uh, going out on their own, doing something entrepreneurial. It's it's mm-hmm. oftentimes about um, about a fit, about connecting right. with um, like-minded people. And other times, mm-hmm. you know, don't always have to be like-minded. You know, you and I no. share a, a lot in common. In other ways, you don't. It's it's having mm-hmm. some diversity of thought there as well. But Absolutely. but it um, you know it definitely made for a um, for a great time and a great working relationship. Uh, for oh, those yeah. of you that don't know, my first job out of college was with Sesame Street Live. And Laura introduced me to them. Yeah. It's always fun to say that first job, isn't it? Because people just grin when they hear it. Oh, my goodness. And and what's funny is, I mean, I was in my early 20s and I used to, I got free tickets, and but I had no friends that had kids. And so my girlfriends (laughs) and my boyfriends, like they would go to Sesame Street Live, you know, as Mm -hmm. a way to support me. And it was it was really fun, but we do think back. Yeah. Uh, but Laura, I want you to tell people here, yeah. um, what might people not know about you or tell us something fun so the listeners can get to know you a little bit? Oh my goodness. Um, fun. Well, I'm always smiling. Yes, you are. I Yes, I am like to a fault sometimes. And I have no speed, but fast. I'm always running and uh, people love to make fun of me for that. It's literally like I'm running from place to place. Um, I don't know. Something fun about me. I've jumped out of a plane. I have. Uh, dancing. I love yoga. I'm a dancer. I've been dancing my whole life. So, yeah, I just and I love traveling. So and I'm getting to enjoy all those things right now. Well, that is, um, yeah, mm-hmm. I remember dancing early on. Mm-hmm. I remember at some point you doing some ballroom dancing. Yeah, you know, I got, I was for many years was into Latin dancing Latin salsa, dancing, actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and I landed myself on a, a performance team for a while, so <gasps> that was fun. Yeah, I didn't know that was really that. fun. Yeah, it wow. was fun. Yeah. That's, it, now, now my dancing is just fitness kind of dancing, but I enjoy it. I mean, there's no way you can dance and be unhappy. I know. There's I know. just no way. I, it's impossible. It, it really is. And the, the music, if you find the music that you love, mm-hmm. uh, you're smiling from, from ear yes. to ear and, and you're, you know, and oftentimes I think people have been dancing a long time. You connect with the mm-hmm. music. So you feel like it's oh, a part yeah. of you. And yeah. that's, well, I thank you for sharing all that. <laughs> um, you know, I always think it's fun, especially in this case, I, in this case, I know you, uh, but in, yeah. in other cases, I don't always know the person I'm interviewing, but to understand another side of them before we go in and we talk about a serious subject, which, yeah. you know, which now I, I would, would love for you to share with the listeners. Uh, you were mm-hmm. a single mom for most of Evan's life. Yes. And if you could share with us your story and, yeah. you know, how, you know, how the hardship hit and Mm -hmm. what ways, maybe whether it's in reflection or whether at the time Mm -hmm. that you did to help yourself find a little joy. Right, right, exactly. Well, I'll just start and you just interrupt and ask me questions along the way. I will certainly share. So yeah, I um, got pregnant very early on in a relationship, like just a couple months into it. 
Um, we ended up deciding to get married. We thought that was the right thing to do. Um, but very quickly um, into it, I realized he was an alcoholic. Um, I didn't have that in my family, so I didn't recognize the signs. So it kind of eventually came out and it was very severe. So we ended up getting divorced. Um, Evan was only a year and a half at the time. You know, he tried to be involved for a while, um, but just, uh, you know, fell off, basically was not not able to be a dad. And yeah, so, and it was both him not there physically, um, but also financially. So it was a double burden of being a single mom um, and having to do it financially all by myself. Um, but I was incredibly grateful that I had a, I had a job and I had a degree. So I knew that I could have good jobs and be okay. Okay. There were tough times, lots of tough times financially, but, um, not like many other people might faced might face. So, you know, I was a 30 year old new mom with none of her family close by. And, you know, parenting isn't a job meant to be done by one person. And I just, I wasn't very good at asking for help, you know, so I felt, I kept going through it, feeling like I had to do it all by myself, you know? And that is something you hear so often that it takes a community. It takes a community to raise yeah. a child. It takes a community. And, yeah. and in some ways, you don't know what that means. I think a mm-hmm. lot of people may assume that it's if you don't have family close, you know, then where's your community? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and I was really bad at asking for help. And it was really evident at one point when a friend of mine looked at me and said, you know, Laura, we don't feel like we're important to you if you don't ask us for help. And it was like one of those like, whoa, knock me over with a feather. Well, I never saw it that way. I you know? completely understand that because mm-hmm. very different from your situation, but where I, mm-hmm. I can feel this is that as a cancer survivor going through treatment, mm-hmm. I didn't want to ask for help. And, no, you know, no. luckily for me, my husband's been my rock and he was there with me. Mm-hmm. So between the two of us, we thought we could conquer it all. But there were people that wanted to help me that were my friends that I wasn't seeing them as much because, hey, I was busy with everything I had to do. So they felt less important and they didn't know how to help. And so I then, my eyes were open. These people want to help me because it makes them feel like they're a part of my life. Exactly. And that sounds like what your friend was saying. Oh, exactly. And that friend was someone not in the same life stage as me. So she wanted to help. Um, but what I ended up doing is really finding my tribe, I call it, right? right. Finding, I ended up finding this wonderful group um, of moms. And we all happen to be single moms. We found ourselves through um, baseball with our sons. Uh-huh. And we ended up this great foursome that just were there for each other for many, many years and still are. But during those very difficult times, um, we would get together, we would support each other, we would prop each other up, we would, you know, just help each other. I mean, one time when my son at age 15 landed himself um, at City Hall because he stole my car out and took it driving and went into a ditch, nobody was hurt, thank goodness. Yeah, right, right, um, right, right. But, but he's you know, 15 and 15 year olds you know, sometimes have a mind of their own. Oh my gosh. So, yes. So, you know, who I called first was one of these four people, right? And one of them came and helped me and took me in because my car was gone. Yeah, right. So yeah, just finding a tribe of similar people 
you know, to really support you because you know what each other are going through. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. And we would have our, um, it was so funny at, at the baseball games, we had what was called our baseball coffee Uh and, uh, we would put wine into coffee cups, um, Uh to go coffee cups and bring it and just sit there together and watch and talk. And it was just, yeah, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Well, I think to your point, it's in some ways it goes both ways is finding your tribe of people that are going through the same thing you're going through. So, you know, you're not alone. Right. And that, that is important. And I would say, you know, I, I feel like I keep saying the answer is social media. The answer is never just social media, but Mm -hmm. for people who are alone and don't know where to begin, Mm -hmm. There's so many different groups out there that, you know, meetups and, you know, now in the time of COVID, it's a little bit harder to, Mm -hmm. to figure that out. But, you know, if if you're a single mom, you've got a pediatrician, sometimes Mm -hmm. there's pediatrician groups that are even asking the pediatrician to help. Like, is there somebody who Mm -hmm. lives nearby that's going through something similar as me? Right. Could be really helpful. Exactly. Exactly. And therapy. For that matter, yeah. my therapist became an important part of my process of getting me through with myself intact, you know, because he ended up not being an <clears throat> excuse me, he ended up not being an easy kid to raise on top of being a single mom. So um, so yeah. So talk to me about the relationship then you have with him playing Mm -hmm. so many roles. Well, right. Yeah. And I think that's one of those things I look back on and was a big mistake. And I'm sure almost every single mom, uh, especially if the dad isn't in the picture, feels this way. It's like I was trying to be mom and dad. You know, I was trying to overcompensate um, for the lack of a father in his life. And I just tried to do too much. You know, and eventually um, I was losing myself in the middle of it because all my attention was on him and my job, which you like you talked about demanding jobs, yeah. you know, and eventually I just I, I well-meaning people would ask me, how do you get it all done? And eventually I just kind of looked at him. I said, you know, I don't. And I've learned to be OK with that. I was so hard on myself for so long, get everything done, do everything perfectly, right? Um, be the perfect person, the per- yeah. perfect mom, the perfect employee. And I just had to learn to forgive myself for not getting it all done. And I think that's a big one for anybody for that matter, but especially for single moms with so much on their plates. So you talked about going to your family. I know wasn't nearby. You've got mm-hmm. friends, you've got your tribe, you've got some other yeah. friends. Are there any other type of support out there that you stumbled Mm -hmm. upon being a single mom, whether it was to help with finances or to help, uh, you know, you talked about a therapist, but maybe there's call Mm -hmm. lines. I I don't know. I'm just throwing it Mm -hmm. out there. Other types of non-traditional support that might be helpful to somebody who is going through being a single mom. So I think the most important thing that helped me was, um, like you said, finding that tribe. And sometimes the tribe, there were, were many different groups of people with, I, I love to dance. So I had yeah. that group at the dance studio and um, they were a great group for me to support me in that something I enjoyed, the yoga studio. Um, I found yoga, which was 
super huge for me. And, you know, there was that group there. We had that common interest. So, you know, I think you just have to seek it out. And, um, you know, that support can come from anywhere. It can come from strangers, you know, somebody in line, um, just being open to that energy and letting it in, right? I I agree with you. I think sometimes Mm -hmm. you hear people say when you're really down, when you're really stressed, uh, be giving. And and the giving could be, Mm -hmm. you know, you're in line at checkout at the grocery store and you give a compliment to the person that is checking you out, right? It, mm-hmm. it's, it sounds silly, but it brings good energy. It makes somebody feel good and then in turn you oftentimes feel good. Absolutely. That doesn't solve the huge problem. I get that. No. But I do believe that having little bits of positivity when you're going through such a hard time and then sometimes, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm guessing it was a roller coaster. Sometimes we're easier yes. than others. And are are there any stories that you want to share about real breakthroughs that you had with Evan that where you were like, wow, I, I, I did this. I, you know, I I can do this. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I think every parent, um, is wondering if they can do it while they're in the middle of it. Right. It's sort of like, there's not a whole lot of training for this. Right. Um, there's no guidebook. Um, but I think now looking back, um, I did a pretty darn good job, you know, and he's became a wonderful young man who is 21 now and on his own. If you would have asked me a couple of years ago, if that would be the case, I would have not believed you or not said yes. Um, so everything that we got through with Evan was a winning moment, you know, of getting him through his milestones and on his way to being an adult. So, you know, and I think, I think some things that would happen to me in the middle of it, like I would, uh, I would start feeling sorry for myself with something going on because there was always some sort of challenge. Um, And then I would hear this incredible story of somebody who has had it so much harder than me. And it really helped me put it in perspective and not just live in that um, kind of state of feeling sorry for myself, you know, without minimizing what I was going through and my own stress, because it was very real. But, you know, keeping that in perspective, I think is really, really important. Well, when we talk about giving, and I know that you have Mm -hmm. been working very closely with an organization, Mm -hmm. I, I mean, on one hand, I say when you're a single mom, you might be working two jobs. Mm -hmm. Uh, You probably don't have the time Uh, However, Mm -hmm. even just a little bit of volunteering here and there can help bring perspective Mm -hmm. in what other, whatever way it might be. Uh, Am I I far fetched at that? Can you talk to us Uh, a little bit about about your um, the work that you've done in terms of nonprofit and how that's made you feel? Yes. Well, you know, going through all of this um, with my son. it was always on my heart to help other single moms. I knew that I wanted to do that at some point. And when he was a teenager and we were going through very difficult things, um, it was, I didn't have the bandwidth, the time um, to do it. Um, but about a year and a half ago, after he was really solidly on his way, um, there's an organization here called the Jeremiah Program. And it's an organization that is designed to solve poverty two generations at a time 
So they work not only with the single mom, but they work with the children as well. And so how they do it is they remove a lot of barriers for these moms, right? So um, the mom might, she needs a job so she can pay for the daycare, but she needs daycare so she can go to her job, you know, and they just get caught in a vicious cycle of low income jobs and not being able to get ahead, right? So they give these women a place to live for very, very, very little. Um, they provide child care. Yes, it's awesome. And they require them to be in school and they coach them through the program and they graduate from Jeremiah. So I help facilitate life skills classes for these women. And sometimes they're soft skills, you know, dealing with conflict, um, things like that, or taking care of yourself. Wow. Um, self-care, you know, and then some practical things like finances and mortgages and to buy a home or not buy a home. So um, just kind of dealing with the whole person. And yeah, so it's, it's incredibly rewarding. I had no idea. I knew that I wanted to do it, but I had no idea how rewarding it was going to be. Well, that's amazing. And I think to your point, like, you know, here I am, I, I always want to try and help others, whoever's listening right now. Uh, as I share your story and other stories, I always want to try and have, have tangible takeaways. And sometimes mm-hmm. there's not when you're going through, no. uh, like you said, your bandwidth was, was so limited mm-hmm. that maybe you just needed to put one foot in front of the other and you Absolutely. didn't have time to give. You didn't have time no. to give. Uh, no. But knowing there's hope in the future, and right mm-hmm. now you're able to give back and it's providing so much joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think something that I reflect on that I wish I would have done, um, and I still struggle with, I think we all do, is being present. And you're okay today. You're okay right now. And that's really all you have, right? I spent so much time worrying about what was next, planning yeah. for it. Yeah. How was I going to pay for it? All this stuff, you know, I got stuck in this cycle and I was never present. And, you know, then comes the physical manifestation of stress, you know, and um, it's, it's just hard. And so I was, I've been really, really focused on presence. And I wish I could have said that to myself back then, you know, you're going to be okay. Right. What you just said right now to me has turned into almost my everything. I spent, mm-hmm. you know, I like you spent many years just rushing to the next. And again, mm-hmm. I, my trials and tribulations of life are different than yours. But in general, I think a lot of people can relate, especially those that are Generation X, um, but probably everybody. You know, you're always looking to the future, you're, whether you're a planner, mm-hmm. you're type A. And it wasn't so much about being present. It was about planning so that we could be present almost. Oh, true. Right? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Well, and I had this moment at my therapist that I will never forget um, because we were talking and I honestly don't even remember what we were talking about. And she said, Laura, I want you to focus on the breathing in. I'm like, what are you talking about? She said, you talk until you're out of breath and then you go and then you keep talking, you know, and, and she's like, you're not taking in breath. You're just giving, you're talking and you're giving. She's like, I want you to take, I want you to take that breath in. And I was like, holy cow, that was just so enlightening to me. I was like, 
I knew what she said when she said it, but I never noticed it. And I think that is everybody or many people's story, right? I mean, it it definitely is. In the Mm -hmm. last, well, now seven years, it's almost been seven years since my stage four diagnosis. And Mm -hmm. as you know, and as many of the listeners know, I changed my lifestyle tremendously. And Mm -hmm. it started with clean eating because that was something I could really relate to. Um, And then it was exercising more. You know, I always thought Mm -hmm. I had to go to a gym for an hour long, which by the way, I didn't really do. But um, if you remember, Laura, so I digress, is I used to teach aerobics at that YMCA in the LaSalle Plaza building. Yes. And so I did, I knew exercise was important, but, uh, you know, I changed to focus on the longevity. What can I do uh, more often? Long walks, that type of thing. But the third component, when you hear about mind, body, soul, is really this being present, being mindful. And I step back a lot and I will just breathe. And, you know, I am so far from getting it all right. If there's any right. Aren't we all right? (laughs) But I, there are many times that now I will take a deep breath in through my nose, hold it, breathe out through my mouth. You know, some of those breathing exercises that you do in yoga. Right. Exactly. And that's, Mm-hmm. Yes, when I do speaking engagements and we're talking about de-stressing, I always start with the cheapest and easiest way to de-stress mm-hmm. in any situation, whether you're about to yell at your child or you're about to jump for joy for something or you're walking into a stressful doctor's appointment or work meeting mm-hmm. or interview, whatever it might be, is breathe in through your nose. Yeah. Hold it. Yep. And then breathe out yep. through your mouth. That's true. It's very true. And breathe out more slowly yes. than you breathed in. Yes. Correct. Yes. It I, is. And yeah, go ahead. I no, I, I just think in any capacity in life, when we're going through hardship, is focusing on our breath. They told us to do that in yoga, and I never paid attention for years. I just mm-hmm. did it as a workout, right? Right, well, right. Well, and think about, think about it, because um, it was even true way back when in our 20s, Hey, I was like, I like to go out and see bands and I would smoke cigarettes, right? And uh, sometimes on a break at work, I would go down and I would have a cigarette. And I and I looked back on that. I'm like, what is it essentially? You're breathing in yeah, and you're breathing out, but you're breathing in carcinogens, right? Right, right, right. right. So it, but it's the same process and, and thought as just breathing in obviously natural air. And yeah, isn't that weird to think about? Oh my goodness. And interesting to think of all the times people went up and down the elevator to take Mm -hmm. smoking breaks if they're taking breathing breaks. Right. 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 And now we have our wonderful, now we have our wonderful, I know, watches to remind us. Yeah. Right. Right. The the watch watch that will tell you to breathe. Right. I do. I have eight times a day. It tells me to breathe. And I do it every time. Do you really? Up. Do you? I, I do. Mine stopped doing it. I, maybe because I wasn't doing it as much, but you're right. <laughs> Looking at it like that for anybody who's had, uh, you know, and again, hopefully things have changed tremendously, thankfully, mm-hmm. since the days when, you know, people could smoke in buildings or maybe they could just smoke mm-hmm. outside, right? Right. But to, to have breathing breaks. To have, yeah. you know, there are some corporations actually that have napping, napping breaks, right? And, yeah. and oh, true. Right? Uh, but mm-hmm. but I think it, it's a long way and, and it depends where you're, you're working. You know, if you're working through a drive, working at a drive-thru, you know, food, 
chain. Right. I don't know if you're going to be able to take a ton of, you know, you may maybe have a, a few breaks, but breathing breaks. You and, do. You can, you can, anybody can take breathing breaks because it could be like 30 seconds. Right. Right. Yeah. Any yeah. amount. Yeah. Because that breathing break that that watch reminds me to do is just a minute. It's one minute. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also, like you said, why I do yoga too. I mean, yoga is moving meditation. You have no, I don't know. You, you can't make any other choice, but to be present on the mat. Well, I will. It's almost impossible. I will tell else. you, I will tell you that there, the, you have to be intentional because I used to go to yoga and I will make fun of myself because I should. I drove from <laughs> Bristol, which is about 50 minutes from where I lived, which is where I was working, drove there, passed my house, went to Fairfield, which is actually where I now live. Mm-hmm. And so I was in a rush to make it to yoga. I would go in there. I would bring my cell phone and put it underneath the mat. <sighs> Oh. I know, shame on me, but I <laughs> I looked at yoga. It was hot yoga. I was like, oh, I'm going to, you know, burn some calories. And right. I went there thinking, you know, and I think that some people, you know, go to it for the exercise, go to it because they're so stiff. I think in life, we need to just have a, a, a quick, like a, a tweak of a mind shift to try to be present when you go to yes. yoga. Then when right. you do that, and the truth is, is I've had people say, I don't like yoga. Um, and I get it. Like, I don't like yoga. It's not for me. My mind is always wandering. One of my favorite yoga teachers, who actually was one of my big bosses at one point, her name's Lori Laba. She's the one who said to me, Karen, if your mind's racing, it's okay. Just bring yourself back to the present. And when it starts racing, notice it and keep trying to bring yourself back. That in right. itself is a tool. And is absolutely. A- Right. That Absolutely. Is the yes, that is the point. And I, I started with yoga, and it still is really important to me um, to do that. But then I added, I migrated into actual meditation too, seated meditation. And I think it was really um, um, eye opening for me too, because I felt like I was really lousy at it. I'm like, I can't calm my brain, you know. Yeah. Out of the, um, And when I finally realized that nobody's brain is absent of thought ever. So it's just that exercise of like, yeah, having the monkey brain go over here and then bringing it back. And, you know, I started doing 10 minutes of meditation every day before I would go to work and I would have a much better day every time if I didn't do it. It was kind of interesting. I think it is interesting. And that Mm -hmm. to me is, is in reflection or hearing your story and knowing Mm -hmm. my story, you know, my life Mm -hmm. stories, whatever hardship hits, Mm -hmm. when we think we have no time and, and there's plenty of instances I get that people like life is just hard and and stressful and, Mm -hmm. and it's hard to go make it through to do five, 10 minutes of meditation especially if you can get it into it in the morning, it will set your day off in another direction and headspace, which is my Mm -hmm. favorite app. There's the headspace app. There's the calm app. There's insight timer. Mm I there's, there's so many options out there. Headspace is free for 10 sessions. You can keep doing them over and over again. So if you're new to meditation, I, I love to suggest that to people because but you got to stick with it, just like anything else. If you Absolutely. Don't, you know, doing it once or twice doesn't really help. It's just trying to do it every day for a few weeks and see if that makes a difference. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. Just keep 
keep it going. Cause at first you don't, don't feel like it's doing anything. And then all of a sudden you realize how much it's actually doing. And this right? is very, very timely for me because I've mm-hmm. been, uh, let's just say I used to be doing do my headspace app almost every day and I really haven't. So I am going to mm-hmm. keep myself accountable to all you there listeners and to you, Laura, to yeah. get back on that. Uh, I, I think that would, in, in any case, it's it's helpful. And and I've drawn now, you know, seven years into a, a, a different lifestyle than I had before. I definitely can pull upon various tools, but I believe starting out the morning with even just a few minutes could be helpful. Yes. So I'm making Absolutely. myself accountable here. Good, uh, good, good. So, and I mean, we're all getting lost in this pandemic, but bringing it back to the single momming too is what, um, you know, What And I I talk to the Jeremiah program moms about this all the time. It's one of the things they have the hardest time with is taking care of themselves. And like first, you know, you as a mom, as a single mom, you think you owe your child everything. But if you're not healthy and in a good place, you can't be there for your child. And I was terrible at taking care of myself. I didn't, I, you know, and I believe that I would have been in a much better place should I have, you know, been exercise. I didn't discover the exercising until he was old enough to be at home alone, you know? So I spent many, many years not exercising and there were, if I can look back, I could have figured it out. I just didn't, Yeah. you know, and And I really tired and yes. You know, and oh, and the moms kind of, they, the Jeremiah moms are like, they kind of think of it as an indulgence. And I'm like, it's not, it's not an indulgence, you know? I will also say that, that exercise, it really is so important for your Mm -hmm. health. It's it's a great role model for kids. And depending on the age Mm -hmm. of your kids, there are a lot of things you can do together with them. So I wrote one of one of the most popular posts I've written on prettywellness.com was about like 50 free things, 50 free and fun activities you can do with your kids. And mm-hmm. whether it's going and doing a, like remember the par course, doing kind of almost yes. like CrossFit activities, circuit training at a school playground, going to right. a high school and running the stairs with them. Now there's so many YouTube videos, mm-hmm. if you've got access to the internet, that, that you can do. Uh, listen, mm-hmm. I, I say this knowing that you work in two jobs, you're stressful, you're tired. It's, it probably doesn't happen every day, but to try and, uh, and, and again, I'm going to make myself accountable here. Uh, we tell my son that, you know, he should be doing some push-ups to help him, you know, get, get a little bit of, get a little stronger as a growing kid and he doesn't do it. Well, you know what? I could do it with him. Yes. Yes, you could. Well, and you know, everybody can find those moments, just like the moments to breathe. Right. Right. I, I was taking my son to his martial arts class and I would sit there for an hour. I could have gone for a walk, power walk. You know, I could have done something. I always had to take him to the baseball field an hour, hour and a half before the game. You know how that goes. Yes, right. I could have gone for a run. Right. And you know and Yes, that and and I think that is if you are going to it, I do that so much is at the uh, at the baseball field is we have to get there mm-hmm. early. So even mm-hmm. if it's just 20 minutes, even if I'm on a work call, I put my headset in and I'll I'll do laps. Yes. Oh, that's so, awesome. Yeah, and I didn't do that. 
So I was just not putting myself first at all, you know, and the physical manifestations became quite severe, like chronic fatigue. And they ended up diagnosing it as fibromyalgia. And I had this, all this swelling of my skin, severe swelling in places. Um, I got migraines uh-huh. all the time, you know? So it, and I, I, in the middle of that, I couldn't have been the best mom I could be, right? Well, again, in reflection, it sounds like you, we all know better. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. But yes. it's amazing that you are taking your story and your, mm-hmm. you know, as I as call it, hardship and yeah. the Jeremiah program, you're helping out single women mm-hmm. and yeah. their children to help mm-hmm. them build better lives. And here, hopefully somebody who's listening here is inspired to take a little better care of themselves, whatever mm-hmm. situation they're in, whether they're a single mom mm-hmm. or they're just a busy mom or they're a college student, who knows what it is. When hardship hits, a lot of us go into that stress mode and mm-hmm. taking care of ourselves can make it a little bit easier. Yeah. And I think the important thing for me was um, not thinking about the end game. I wasn't thinking about, okay, I'm not exercising at all now and I'm going to exercise every single day. No, just start with little bits and pieces. Yes. Uh-huh. And you know what I mean? Um, yes. And kind of build up. And then you realize how much better you feel after you do it. And it becomes a necessity in your life, you know. Um, but don't try to set some ginormous goal. Set some right. little inch by inch. Right, 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 cinch, right. right? That, right. I well, love that. And, and that's why when when I started Pretty Wellness, it's always been about small steps because, hey, I got stage four cancer. I made all these changes and I made a lot of them going cold turkey because, listen, I didn't know if I was going to live four months or four decades. And so not everybody has that. And frankly, when you're in a situation for a long time, uh, it gets really hard to make huge changes. But to your point, if you take small steps, you can start to see some measurable differences. So absolutely, I agree absolutely, with you. Fully. Absolutely. Now I really want to share with people what you are doing with my styled <laughs> life. So can you please tell the listeners a bit about the company, why you started it, what you do, and then yeah. we'll talk about the process. I know because it's so fun, isn't it? Um, you know, but it, it ties into everything we've been talking about, Karen. So I, you know, I love fashion, always have. Yes. Um, so, but I started this company um, to be a personal stylist for people and focusing on women, you know, um, 40 plus, maybe um, just professional women, entrepreneurs, whomever. Um, but there's not a lot of influencers and stylists out there who are a little bit older, right? Who have, you know, to be an inspiration to somebody at this stage of, of my life, right? I'm 51 and there's just not a lot of people out there doing that. And, you know, it's above all, I want to help women. And that's what I, fashion is my vehicle, but helping women, because it's less about the clothes and it's more about confidence and showing up as your authentic self. Um, Style and clothing actually um, contributes to how you perform on the job and whether or not you get paid more. It's, it, it's so interesting. So it's, it's not about 
buying the t-shirt or the shoes, but it's about how to put yourself together in a way that you're super confident and you feel great about yourself. Right. So that's what I'm doing. And, um, it's just, it's been such a joy, um, working with women over the last, you know, six or eight months. I mean, it was kind of a funny time, right? Karen, to be starting a job in the middle of a pandemic. Um, so that was, you know, that was an adjustment. I mean, for me too, even in making the decision to stop my working on at my corporate jobs, you know, I was in some kind of not so great situations that were kind of toxic. And I was just driving to work one day and I said, why am I doing this to myself? You know, I don't have to do this. And, but I'm somebody with a pretty low risk tolerance. So it took a lot. And so for me, I made the decision and then, whoa, the pandemic hit and it just made it harder to get it up and going. But I'm so just grateful for the, the journey. And, um, it's been such a joy. And what do they say? What's the saying? Life begins at the end of your comfort zone, right? Yes. And, and so I truly believe that. I, yeah. so for all the listeners out there, and I might actually start crying. I, oh. I, it wouldn't be me if I didn't start crying, but <laughs> uh, I, I, I think this is going to be monumental for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have been working with Laura for, mm-hmm. you know, what do we say now? A little over a month now, a month yeah. and a half. Yeah. Yeah. And yes, we know each other. So we've taken some liberties where we, our mm-hmm. first Zoom call, I think we spent 50 minutes just talking <laughs> about old school, uh, not yeah. the movie, like literally all the people that we used to work with. Mm-hmm. And, and so that, you know, that's where it's funny, the chapters, whoever, wherever you are coming mm-hmm. from right now, know that like, and however old you are, it's like one you know, this chapter of us working together at Sesame Street Live in the 19, late 1990s, um, mm-hmm. I didn't talk to Laura for years. And while I always loved her and would smile if I saw her on social media, it was it's it's beautiful that we came back together. And so, oh, absolutely. Um, but um, a dear friend of mine had been connecting with Laura, who's also an entrepreneur. And my name came up because, you know, you guys know me as which I am somebody who loves healthy living, who kind of, I beat to my own drum mm-hmm. in a sense. Um, I'm me, I'm smiling a lot and crying at the same time. Mm-hmm. And, and because I am no longer in corporate, I don't need to wear the suits or the very conservative dresses. Um, though I do, as you know, I do speaking engagements in corporations. And so I just, you know, to me, I, have kind of let my wardrobe stay the same. And I'm also uh, work from home. I, you know, walk to and from my son's school. And so for me, wearing really pajamas has been okay. You know, during the Mm -hmm. pandemic, outside of the pandemic. And this friend of mine who's an entrepreneur had actually said to me, why don't you try just getting up and getting ready? I'm like, oh no, I don't have time for that. I just mm-hmm. don't have time for that. It takes too long. I have long hair and to blow dry mm-hmm. my hair and putting mm-hmm. on makeup. And she's like, does it really take as long as you think it does? Mm-hmm. And so it's funny. Whenever I do my media stuff, I get ready and it really doesn't take as long as I think. Maybe the makeup. But when I started putting on the one outfit I had that was kind of cute, I did. It was a different mm-hmm. approach. And I know it's silly. And I know it's just a mindset. And I I want to say I don't need it. But yet it became so much easier. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, it does put you in the right mindset. Like you said, it triggers you, you sit, you sit, you have good posture. You feel good about yourself. You're leaning in. You're like, you're ready to go because you're ready to face the world, even though it's a computer screen right right now on a zoom call. You know, it just, it's so funny because if I had a dime every time a woman has said to me, well, I don't have anywhere to wear this right now. And I'm like, can you make it to your patio for a glass of wine? <laughs> I said, just wear it, wear it, yeah. who cares, right? And because uh, we we feel good when, I mean, I think every single woman out there can would say when they are in the right outfit, I mean, they feel invincible. They feel confident. They feel powerful. They just feel happy. I mean, yeah. clothes make us happy, you know? The other thing that I think is, this is the game changer for me is that I always believed I had to have expensive clothes because mm. I'm petite, I've got a curvy body. Mm-hmm. I um and if the clothes weren't well made, they didn't fit like it didn't look good on me. And so mm. I oftentimes it either wouldn't spend any money because I didn't have it. And so then I would, you know, borrow other people's clothes or people gift me clothes and just wear that because I knew that they were nice labels. Or Mm -hmm. I would just spend an exorbitant amount of money, not crazy amount, but enough. Mm -hmm. And I'd have that one item and that would be like the one thing. What you have taught me, and as I, I still have a way to go, but I'm starting to learn is these are the type of clothes, like I put on a Gap t-shirt that's a V-neck. By the way, I never really bought V-necks. I don't know why. I'm like, oh, I don't mm-hmm. like them. But just a fourteen dollar mm-hmm. bright neon orange Gap T-shirt. I was blown away how mm-hmm. adorable it looked with a pair of jeans. Yeah, well, right, and it's knowing your body and what looks good on your body. So it's less about the price of the clothing. Now there yeah. are there are clothes that you should invest in and don't feel bad about having really good solid foundational pieces. Um, but you and I are the same way. We're we are, we're busty, and so a V neck yeah. is so much more attractive on us. And it just yeah, it's a it was like a little game changer, and it was so simple, right? Or the the other game changer for me is. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm going to say here? I don't know. You don't I know the tuck. The tuck. Oh yes, the art of the tuck. The art yes. of the tuck. Or <laughs> yes. If you've, you know, on social media and you see some of my pictures, although it's probably more in my stories than it is in my feed, is that I've started to take the t-shirts and tie a little knot at the side mm-hmm. because otherwise, you know, I was wearing, I don't know why I was wearing them long. I never really knew, I, just things I didn't know. And by the way, I don't no. think, I'm, I never thought I was a bad dresser. And no. I think no. my clothes are fine. Uh, but I did, I really did. I had a one or two outfits that I felt like those were the outfits I wore for special occasions. Mm-hmm. And now, uh, you know, I'm, I work from home. I'm not necessarily going into anywhere soon, yeah. but I do walk around the neighborhood. I do. My son's going to a new school. I'm at a baseball field a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm outside. Me having these foundational items, me having uh, you know, different layers is really exciting me. And yes, mm-hmm. I do the media stuff too. So I need a few different colors and things to wear. And, and for those of you that are working from home for a while, you maybe don't need the elaborate, you know, outfits that you needed before, no. but there's still things that can really, that I am finding have, have really helped me 
really bring a smile to my face and just excitement about the day. Well, good. I'm so glad to hear that. Well, and you know, what's so interesting right now too is much of the work I'm doing with people right now doesn't have to do with really buying anything. You know, there's, there's so much in our closet. 20, we wear 20% of our clothes, 80% of the time and things hang there and people are, I'm spending so much time right now teaching people how to use what they have differently, you know, um, because yeah, most of us don't want to spend a lot of money right now. It's, it's a nerve wracking time. We don't know, know what's going to happen, you know? I so, know. I know so that. it's, yeah. So it's just more, you know, learning what to do with what you have and mix it in different ways. Um, yeah, I was met at a friend Liz's and I was uh, doing that project with her. She's like, I would have never thought of putting that with that. Yeah. And she's like, I, she said, I feel like I have so many more clothes. So it's not just about retail therapy and buying things. Um, it's just learning your body and learning how to dress. And I needed know, that. Mm-hmm. I needed that. All the quizzes I took at like mm-hmm. in Cosmo as a kid, or even more recently, we should say now, like those things, it, it just, uh, there's a different sense when there's a person behind it sharing right. things with you about your own body. And the other thing, each body right. is complicated just because I'm petite, yeah. you know, there were, it was telling me to wear like A-line, but I couldn't wear A-line because I'm busty and curvy, right? Right. That's exactly so it. You have, you have been incredibly helpful. And Laura, I am so grateful <laughs> that I, I, I get to be back in your life with this, oh. that as you are launching this, um, you know, all these programs and your company, mm-hmm. it's, I'm grateful that I have got to benefit for it. So on that note, I am hoping, will you play what I call the grateful game with me? Of course, of course. I will. <laughs> so for those of you that have listened before, this is something I do at the end of every episode because it's something I do at the end of most nights with my son, Kyle. And all it is, is taking a moment Decide an amount of time, I'll say for us 30 seconds, and to see how many things we can talk about that we're grateful in this day. Because the hope is that you'll start a gratitude practice and do it every day, whether it's by yourself at night, whether it's with your kids, just thinking about what you did that you're grateful for and why. So I will start, Laura. Okay. And of course, I'm grateful for my husband, my son, my health. Okay, I'll put that Mm -hmm. as one. I'm incredibly grateful for you, not just you for being here as a podcast guest, uh, not just you and the new company, but for taking the time to really help me understand what looks good on me. And it's really why the why in it is because I have felt better about what I put on. And this morning, um, you know, grateful number three that my dear friend Sue texted me and said, do you want to go on a walk? I'm near your neighborhood. We can walk on the beach. And I jumped on it, even though I was really trying to get some work done because she never is texting me in the morning to do that. And I walked outside. I was wearing joggers like sweatpants, a t-shirt. And I decided, you know what? I was going to wear this ugly sweatshirt I have because it's cool. But instead, I decided to grab for my jean jacket. That's all I did. The only difference I grabbed for my jean jacket. That's awesome. I walk outside and she's like, Karen, you look so cute. And I'm laughing because that was all one little tweak. And it made me smile. So anyway, that was probably more like a minute's time. But I think I've got <laughs> three okay. there. So I am tossing it to you, Laura McCarthy. All right. Well, 
you know, given our conversation today, I'm, I'm just so thankful that my son is doing well. He's healthy. Um, he's in a strong place. He's got a job. You know, he's, it's, I, I'm, I'm so, it's a relief even more than anything, but I'm just so grateful. And I'm so grateful that you and I have reconnected. Um, this has just been a blessing reconnecting with you and I know we're going to stay in touch and I, I just love you. I love um, you too. Uh, and you know, so some fun little things. I'm sitting here looking at the Minneapolis skyline from the 15th floor of my funny little 500 square foot live slash work studio. So grateful for that. We're heading out. It's a beautiful day. We're heading out on a boat with another friend of mine oh. who I'm reconnecting with because yes. she just moved back here. And you know, I just, it's, I, I'm just trying to, really focus on being present and being grateful for everything around me. Just little things, anything. And my little coffee cup, my coffee. Your little coffee cup. My coffee, oh my, my goodness, Laura. I am looking right now at my mug, my mug that I have my good earth tea. It says embrace the moment. So this moment, I am so grateful. Um, by the way, you won because you had more than me. Not that that matters. <laughs> No, it doesn't. But I am so grateful for you being here. Please tell the listeners how they can connect with you. Oh, my goodness. Well, I'm on Instagram at my.style.life, excuse me. And then my website is mystylelife.net. So, well, everybody's got to check you out. If nothing else, you can see her full of energy, um, great fashion tips, and connect with her to learn more. So again, Thank Laura, you. love, 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 love. Thank you so much. Thank and you. to all the listeners out there, I hope you enjoyed this as well. Have a great day. Bye for now. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us today. I want to leave you with a quick thought, but first a request. Please take a minute to rate, review, and subscribe. You leaving a review helps us with our podcast ranking. The higher we are ranked, the more people can discover our show. And tell your friends about us too. If you like us, they might as well. And now my parting words. We play the grateful game at the end of each episode and here is why. After my second diagnosis, I started to research who was thriving with cancer and what they were doing to be well. I learned that wellness is about consistent self-care, creating everyday practices that help improve your body and mind toward a state of good health. And for me, focusing on gratitude brings tremendous positive energy into my life. As you heard in today's episode, sometimes our hardship and the experiences with them can truly help others. Laura is so grateful that she has the opportunity to volunteer with the Jeremiah Program. The Jeremiah program seeks to end the cycle of poverty two generations at a time. They help low-income single mothers pursue a career track or a college education, as well as helping their children. Now, as a life skills facilitator for them, Laura guides weekly classes that focus on topics such as parenting, health and wellness, economic independence, and career readiness. Now, I say to you, if you have a little extra time Think about how you might be able to help an organization out. Your expertise, your thoughts, your energy may be just what someone needs to hear. And your time, your time, even just a little bit of time can be incredibly helpful for a nonprofit. Thanks again for joining us today. I am sending you lots of happiness and great health. Bye for now.